great to be here with you this morning. I hope you're all feeling well and knowing God's hand upon you. And even if you're not in a great place, you're in the right place because God wants to meet with you afresh this morning. As, uh, as I said earlier, I love, I love kids. Uh, do you know, I wasn't actually bothered by babies before I had my own. I just found them annoying. And then, and then I had my own and I thought, oh, actually, they're really quite cute and quite lovely. They're still annoying, mind you. Don't, you know, don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong. But it's even better, isn't it, when they're not your own, because as soon as they poo or cry or get annoying, you can say, ah, oh, there you go, mum and dad, have them, have them back, and you can hand them over, and that's sort of like a double blessing, one, because you don't have to deal with it, and two, you see the parent's face of, oh, thank you, thank you, I'm going to have to deal with this as well. But uh, the job of a parent is, is, a, is a constant one, it's to, you have to constantly love them, look after them, lead them, guide them, pick them up when they uh, fall down, encourage them when they're feeling low. You have to um, uh, discipline them when they're going the wrong way or going down a bad path as well. So it's, it's constant. But thankfully, we as believers have a wonderful, perfect example in our Heavenly Father who loves us. And we look to him to be our ultimate guide and the one that helps us to, to parent them. And uh, the image of God as Father is probably the, the most well-known image from, from Scripture because of Jesus, in fact, because Jesus is the one that uh, constantly referred to him as Father of God and taught us to come to God as Father. However, before that, probably the most familiar or common uh, image of God that the people of God would resonate with is the Lord is my shepherd. Because, probably, largely because of this psalm, but for other ones as well. The one of God being our shepherd. And so, it's my joy to do this psalm uh, today, Psalm 23. As I say, it's probably one of the most famous, if not the most famous and most loved of the psalms. Calvin says it's a psalm of thanksgiving. And Jacobson highlights it's one that shows David's complete trust in God. So let's read it together and just meditate on these words as I read it to you. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, always makes me laugh that because rod and I have staff as well, my rod and staff, anyway, but anyway yeah, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. What a, what a lovely psalm, and you can see why it's so well loved by people there. All that blessing, all that security, all that uh, safety, all that happiness flows out of the opening truth of the psalm, that the Lord 
is my shepherd. The living God, the almighty, the creator of the universe, the one who flung stars into space, wants to look after, wants to guide, wants to care for and protect you. You personally. He loves you. A famous preacher called Spurgeon wrote, David compares himself. Remember, this is King David, the, the guy that's a mighty warrior for God. He compares himself to a creature, weak, defenseless, and foolish. He takes God to be his provider, preserver, protector, and indeed his everything. We must cultivate the spirit of assured dependence on our Heavenly Father. And of course, David himself beforehand was a humble shepherd boy. He knew what sheep were like. He knew how stupid. He knew how defenseless. He knew how annoying sheep could be. And my friends, we can be a lot like sheep too, can't we, as, as people as well. If you, if you don't believe me, just observe teenage boys for a little while and you'll think, oh, yeah, yeah, no, surely they're not going to do that again. Oh, they've gone and done it, yeah. They are going to do it. And, and, and as adults, really, I mean, Dennis is a prime example this morning, isn't he? He's, he's welcoming trouble into his life this morning by uh, revealing his wife's age away there. But uh, uh, we can... Uh, um, you know, we, can, we just learn to disguise it a little bit better, don't we, as adults? And as has already been prayed this morning, you know, we just need to look at the mess around the world to realize, okay, yeah, we are like sheep. We are, we do go astray. Jesus himself said, or um, uh, it says about Jesus, that when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 9. And Jesus says to people in John 10 that I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And of course, you realize that how he is, how great a claim that is when you, when you realize that, you know, the Lord Yahweh is the shepherd that people would have in mind. And he's, he's comparing himself to, to there. And you realize how profound it is as well, because he says, I am. He takes the I am statement when God reveals himself to Moses in the early days and says, I am the good shepherd, comparing, and, uh, comparing himself to God there in a way that no normal human sh- should. But of course, Jesus, as a son of God, can. I am the good shepherd. He is the one that all humanity are called to follow his lead. He's the one who will do you good in life. He's the one that we're called to humble ourselves before and to surrender our lives to, recognizing our need for him, recognizing that in life his will should increase in our life and our will should decrease as we follow him. He's the one we owe our allegiance to. Notice it's the Lord is my shepherd. It's personal. It's not just a general thing. It's your shepherd, my shepherd. You have to bow the knee to Jesus. You have to make him your Lord and follow his lead in your life. Jesus said, my sheep, they hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. 
I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. For by yourself, actually you're outside of that. You're, you're, you're powerless to the devil's schemes. You're under God's righteous judgment, but you're on your own as well. And we need to make Jesus our shepherd. It's that personal choice. Calvin writes, God is shepherd only to those who, touched by a sense of their own weakness and poverty, feel their need of his protection and who willingly abide in his sheepfold and surrender themselves to be governed by him. My friends, if you feel Jesus is speaking to you today, and we're praying in the meeting beforehand, actually, about this, and we've got a real sense of God speaking to some individuals today. If you feel that, that voice in, in, on the inside of your heart drawing you today, as Jesus calling you, then you need to make him your Lord and Savior. And I'll lead you in a prayer in just a moment. Or maybe you do know God, but you know you have been wandering away and going your own way. Then just pray this prayer along with me, a prayer of surrender to say, basically, Jesus, I want you to, to be the Lord of my life. I want to make you the shepherd of my life. So just pray this in your heart along with me now. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me enough that you chose to go to the cross to die to save me. Please forgive me for going my own way and not following you. Help me through the power of your spirit that raised Jesus from the dead to listen to you and follow your lead for the rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you're here, if you're watching online, please either come and speak to me if you're in the room afterwards. I'd love to help you with your walk with Jesus. But uh, if you're watching online, then please uh, contact the office and we'll be in touch uh, with you and help you in your journey with, uh, with God because he has great things for you. So having considered the need to make the Lord your shepherd. It's a personal thing. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's look at the benefits that flow from having Jesus as your shepherd. In a day of rampant consumerism, it's probably important to say where it says you shall not want, it doesn't mean that you're going to get everything that you want. All the wants of your, your heart will suddenly be answers. But it does mean that everything you need but a full life in Christ will be given you. Jesus says this about all the practical things, about our food, clothing, and shelter. He says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. 2 Peter tells us that, that his divine power has given us everything we need but a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And this thought of uh, God providing all we need is developed through the psalm when you see the green pastures and the still waters that he is giving uh, the sheep to, to make sure they have all that they need to flourish in life. Augustine says, The pastures that the good shepherd has prepared for you are the word of God and his commandments. 
Spurgeon would add to that, what are the green pastures? But the scriptures of truth, always fresh, always rich, and never exhausted. What are the still waters? But the influences and grace of his spirit. His spirit attends us in various operations like waters, because it's in the plural there in the Psalms, to cleanse, to refresh, to fertilize, and to, to, and to cherish. My friends, there's rich food for your soul. Oh. He's talking to me. I'll leave it alone. <laughs> Something went wrong. There's rich food for your soul in, in here. God's got rich food for you. If you've never read it, as Anna said last week, go to the book of Mark and read it. You can read it like a, a novel. Yes, of course you can. And I'd encourage you to read great chunks of it. But read a chapter a day and just think about that chapter, if you've never read it before, think, what does this tell me about Jesus and God? What does this tell me about humanity? What does it tell me about myself? If you're, if you're willing, you could pray, Lord, speak to me through your word, and he will. Some of you who have been Christians here a while are actually failing to thrive. You're like malnourished children because you're not delving into God's Word. You're not feasting on this book that God has for you, which is rich food, healthy food for your souls. More than that, in Christ, we have access to the Holy Spirit. We have all that we need in Him to refresh our souls. You know, people around the world, they look into so many of these different ideologies that, that are there, people look into, but it leaves them feeling empty inside. It leaves them feeling wanting more. Jesus doesn't leave you like that. Jesus gives you more than you, than you could ever want. As I say, he has rich food in here, and he gives us his Holy Spirit to refresh you, to refresh your soul. Some of you are feeling dry this morning. God wants you to be refreshed in his Holy Spirit this morning. Amen? John 7 says, if anyone thirsts, he's talking about spiritual thirst. Let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. God wants to restore your soul afresh this morning. He wants to minister into your heart today and every day. It's not just like, oh, when I'm really low or when I'm really down, actually you might just be feeling fine. But God wants to pour out more of his spirit in your life today. His aim is not that you just obey regardless to the cost of your own well-being. It's for your well-being that God wants you to obey him and to follow him. The good shepherd leads you in paths of righteousness for your good as well as his glory. Listen to these wonderful words that are recorded for us, what God wants to do. And it's talking, it's talking about food and wine and things like that, but it's, it's really talking about spiritual food. It's talking about how you're doing on the inside. Listen to these words from Isaiah 55. 
and you realize how wonderful God is and how much he wants to bless you. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine, the rich stuff of life, and milk, the nutritious stuff of life, without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me, and hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. And as we've heard this morning, covenant just means a, an agreement, a, a firm agreement that God makes. And as Anna said last week, that everlasting covenant is a new covenant that we have with God because of Jesus' life, death, and, resurre and resurrection that he has for us. My friends, God wants to refresh you afresh this morning. He wants to bless you. Jesus says this, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. God, he wants to restore you. He wants to give you inner peace. He wants you that spirituality that you're craving for, so many people in the world are craving for, is to be found in Jesus. And you know what? You can have God's rest even in the busyness of life. You don't have to go into a secluded place or, or to have nothing, no pressures on your life. Actually, Jesus still puts a, a yoke on you, but he gives you the grace to carry what he has given you. And he is with you even in the busy times. You can have his rest and his grace even when there's the pressures of life around you because he restores and replenishes you on the inside. So it's not just talking about sitting back and doing nothing, but it's about knowing God and having his constant refreshing even in your day-to-day -day life. Notice from the psalm how God is the one who always takes the lead. He makes you, he leads you, he restores you, he guides you. Romans 5 verse 8 tells us that God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, God is the one who takes the initiative with us. He's not like a, he's not like a tight employer trying to get as much out of you but giving you as little as possible. He is a loving father. He wants to give you. He's, he's desperate to bless you. And he just wants you to walk in his way so that he can bless you more and more. And he is with you. He will lead you through the darkest times of your life if you trust him, even through the valley of the shadow of death, as the psalm tells us. In 2 Thessalonians 3, we're told that the Lord is faithful and he will establish you and guard you against the evil one doesn't mean that you won't face trouble. You will. If you've been alive long enough, we've been a Christian long enough, you know you'll face much trouble. Jesus tells us, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. But take heart, I've overcome the world. 
He leads you through those troubled times. He leads you through the valley as you hold on to him, as you follow him, even the valley of the shadow of death. And he will lead you ultimately into life and life eternal. That's the destination he's got, with you, got for you. But more than that, the psalm tells us that he is with you. God is with me in the difficult time. Jesus says, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is with us to help us, to comfort us, to love us, to guide us. That's why you see the image of the rod and staff there as well. Sorry, Rod, it's not talking to you and the staff. And the, it's, uh, it's God's rod and his staff, not only to protect us, but to help direct the sheep when they're veering off course as well, to, to help them make sure they go on the right path. And this is part of God's great love for you, that he loves you enough to correct you when you're wrong. 2 Corinthians 5 tells us, for the love of God, it controls us. The NIV says compel us, but the actual word there is um, for control is like putting pressure on something. It's actually the image of molding something. So, you know, you put pressure on it to compel it to go this way and put pressure here uh, to stop it going that way and to help it go that way. So God is encouraging us down one path in his love and stopping us go down another path, even disciplining us if we persist in going down a way that he wouldn't want us to, rather than just abandon us to our own devices. No, he loves us too much for that. Hebrews 12 tells us, The Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son and daughter whom he receives. Finally, then notice how the Lord God himself, our great shepherd, is the one who doesn't send a minion to do it. He is the one who prepares a banquet, a table for you in the presence of your enemies. That all will see God's reward for you. Obviously, the ultimate reality of this will be when Christ returns and there's the wedding feast of the Lamb, as the Bible calls it, that party that will be there when Christ and his church uh, uh, are gloriously uh, joined uh, together there in heaven. But even now, the Bible says he honors us and he anoints us with his Holy Spirit. God wants your cup to overflow, as it says there. And as a, uh, some versions say, overflow with joy. That's the picture of that cup overflowing there. He wants you to know his abundance, his blessing on your life. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that you may be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Ephesians 1 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every, not some, not a few, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. My friends, how are you doing this morning? How are you doing on the inside? God wants you to know his blessing. He wants you to know his joy. He wants you to be refreshed. He wants you to know his goodness and his mercy 
on you all the days of your life, as that psalm says. It doesn't mean that you won't go through hard times. The psalm itself is referred to the valley of the shadow of death. That doesn't sound very good, does it? Uh, But we know we go through hard times, but he is with us in it, and he will help lead us through it, and he has something much better for us in the future. doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. We all do. But he loves us enough to correct us and to help us out of those mistakes. Spurgeon again says, when the soul grows sorrowful, he revives it. When it is sinful, he sanctifies it. When it is weak, he strengthens it. For those of you who have made Jesus the great shepherd of your life, to use Hebrews 10 language, we will not only dwell in the house of the Lord forever, speaking of our eternal future that we've got with him, but God himself comes and dwells in your life, even here, even now, through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit being a sign of our future inheritance that we have in Jesus, as Ephesians 1 makes clear. And my friends, all these benefits, and many more benefits besides these that I haven't been able to unpack, and I haven't been able to unpack these fully because there's so many anyway, they're all yours the moment that you made Jesus the shepherd of your life. So let me finish just by reading this psalm over us again. Can I invite you to stand, actually, and just put your hands out to receive from God, because God wants to meet with you. He wants to pour out his spirit on you. Maybe the the worship team could come back up here as well. That would be great. But just receive. Just receive the truth of this psalm. I'm going to read it over us, and then I'm going to pray for God's spirit to just fall afresh on you again. You know, many people I've spoken to, actually since COVID, really, they've not come out of that weariness. They've not come out of that, uh, uh, of finding rest. And they've, they've tried to find it in just having complete still or, you know, not, not doing loads of things. And even, even as they cut back from things, it's not given them the rest that they need on the inside. It's because you're looking for it in the wrong place. It's found in him. It's found by receiving from him. So just maybe even put your hands out to receive from God as I read this psalm over us, and then I'm going to pray. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord Jesus, thank you that this is our reality because of you. Lord God, Lord, we've come to you. Lord God, you say, come to me, and my, my burden, uh, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And Lord, we come to you, the great shepherd of our lives, Lord God, the great shepherd of our soul. 
and say, Lord, would you pour out your spirit afresh on each person here? Lord God, would you just meet with them even now, Lord God? Thank you, Lord God, that you have good for them, Lord God. Even when your way's the hard way, even when your way's a difficult way, actually it's for our good, Lord God. Even when uh, we get distracted by other things, Lord God, thank you that you love us enough to discipline us and point us back in the right way. And Lord God, I just pray, Lord, just meet with people afresh this morning. Holy Spirit, come, Lord God. Thank you that you want to restore them, Lord. You want to bless them. You want them to know the peace and the love that comes from having a close walk with you. Lord Jesus, thank you that all that we need in life, it's not found in, in uh, our resting times or our pleasure times or, or anything like that, Lord God. It's found in you. You are the answer. You're the bread of life, Lord God. You are the one that can satisfy our deepest needs, the longings of our soul, the longings of our heart, Lord God, the emotional needs, Lord God. You're the one that can quieten our minds, Lord God, when they're, when they're raging, Lord God, when they're, when they're full of things, Lord God, when they're confused, Lord God. You're the one that can just bring peace, Lord God. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you afresh, Lord. Move on each one of us, Lord God. You know exactly what each person is currently going through, and you love them. You want, Lord God, to be their great shepherd if they've not have made you that, Lord God. And Lord, many, most of us here have, Lord God. You want us to know your love. You want us to know your guiding. You want us to know your care. You want us to know your leading in life. And so, Lord, I just pray, Father, fill each one afresh this morning and refresh them, Lord God. Restore their souls, Lord God. Not so that they can just uh, uh, be, uh, um, you know, just to sit there and do nothing, Lord God, but so that they are in a place, Lord God, where they know they're loved by you and that they can go out and show your love to the world around that's even more needy, Lord God, that, Father, is even more like sheep without a shepherd and you want to draw them in, Lord God. So I pray, fill us, Lord God, refresh us, bless us, so that we can go out and bring your blessing to the world around. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.